0: Radio.
1: Well, Nathan, there's been Nathan. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Well, of course you're here. This is also your podcast, but um, right. It's... There's been a lot of talk. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of talk around the block. Uh, people have been hearing that we that we're doing mostly from Jenny. Yeah, well, she's from the block, so she tends to talk right. on the block, a- around the block, it's her yeah. hometown. But um, there's been yeah. a lot of talk about uh, the fact that we're doing the movie Heat, and uh, yes, a lot of people, you know. A lot of people are upset about
2: it because I think they think it's something else. Um, yeah, um, I, I've gotten multiple threats about doing uh, a cherished Michael Mann movie that's actually legitimately great. Right, so, I mean, first of all, you've gotten threats... Left me dumbfounded. I was confused. I I was like, yes, we're doing Heat. And then just a street of profanities. I, I you See, the thing is, for me, Nathan, you've been getting...
1: Uh, I, I didn't know we had... Um, uh, a voicemail that you could just leave messages on. I didn't know we had one. I guess Milos must have hooked it up last week, but I, I think we should probably listen to a voicemail. Cause we have one very angry caller who, uh, who okay. wanted to say something about, I, I think there's a misconception. There, there, there's, you know, miscommunication here. So maybe I'll just play it for you. All right. All right. Let's, let's hear it.
0: Nathan, Brandon, I can't begin to tell you my burning rage and finding that you two, at what got into their noggins, decided you were clever enough to take down one of the crime classics of all time, Heat. Oh, I'm so sorry. Was it just too confusing for you? Was the direction too electric? Was the chemistry between me and De Niro too earth-shattering? That you just had to mess with the heavens and take down one of the classics. Oh, you think you can do better? Is that it? Do you think that you two over in Ottawa, Canada, or wherever up north, you think you can do better than than that? Than steal God's thunder? Is that what you think? Is that what you think? Well, I'll tell you something. You two, you two aren't worth... A little pebble of poop that comes out of my mighty anus. Oh, let alone that of Michael Mann, the great behind heat. Do you feel it? Do you feel the heat? No, you don't. You don't even come close. You know when I pick a movie, That's when I'm on to pressure now. The question always comes back to me.
2: Well, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, what were they thinking? I, and uh, what I'm thinking right now is that we're gonna have to waylay a bit of confusion because we are not talking about um, the incredibly great movie Michael Mann directed with, uh, as our yeah, and starring our, our voicemail guest there, um, Heat. Oh, we're not. Um, also, with with no, shut up, Brendan! I haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> uh we could have had uh we could even had uh kilmer cast on here but because kilmer was in that and not to mention henry rollins so, but no we're talking about um the 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 burt reynolds howard hessman team up uh heat based on a william coleman <laughs> novel anyhow i'm getting ahead of myself i haven't even introduced uh the lonnie to my birth uh Brandon, I mean Brandon, uh, well, I'll introduce yourself. Hilarious every time.
1: I'm Brandon. Yeah. Uh, I am, Let's go. Let's go Brandon. I'm uh I'm Lonnie Anderson. Uh, <laughs> catch me in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain in theaters everywhere.
2: Or you know, WKRP in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, you know, my my buddy Howard was in this movie, so. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is a movie,
2: Nathan. Um, it's <laughs> <Man>. it's technically <laughs> have... a movie, but that's about as far it as is. I can go. I uh, I I will say I was kind of delighted I discovered I was actually trying to find a copy of Gator to watch, uh, but that Burt Reynolds apparently his him and his estate try I guess they went other way to make that movie super hard to get a hold of, so I found Heat on Prime. Uh, Heat is the story of uh, Nick Mex Escalante played by Burt Reynolds. Uh, he plays a professional chaperone, a- in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Before I get for I I'm so rude, and that's not like us Canadians. We do have a guest this week. I figured Brendan would call me on this, but I was I
1: was I'm just really do falling down on
2: the job there, Brendan. I blame you. I blame you. You should I blame please. me.
1: But the guest is with me in studio, ladies and gentlemen, making her first appearance on the podcast, Brittany Sparrow. Hello. I should have said Brittany, don't call me Britney Spears Sparrow. Yes, thank you for that. <laughs> Can we call you Al? Yes. Okay. Welcome.
3: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I listen to you guys all the time and uh Oh man, I have so much to say about this movie. When I was watching it, I was texting Brennan. I was like, what did you make me watch? This is amazing. <laughs> I've been very excited.
2: Yeah, Nathan, what did you make us watch? <laughs> Plot! Nick mex escalante played by burt reynolds uh is a professional chaperone in las vegas much like triple uh, h in the chaperone right although yeah coming soon some I thursday mean, I mean, probably <laughs> um yeah and uh well i mean he's also kind of like a i don't know fixer i wouldn't put him on the level like a. he's not like a michael Cohn. he's He's more of a a do-you-a-favor kind of guy. And we'll get into that because the movie does right away. Uh, He uh, helps to... He takes on a, I don't know, a case, for lack of a better term, uh, to help right a wrong that was done to one of his working girlfriends in Las Vegas um, as she was roughed up by a a tiny mafioso. Of course, uh, Burt Reynolds gets some justice and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, Howard Hesman's there, the dude from Alley McBeal's in this thing. Hilarity ensues. Let's let's just get into it.
1: All right, let's get into it. This movie uh, starts with the most surprising
2: opening 10 minutes I've ever seen. Because it includes the words based on a William Goldman novel, screenplay by William Goldman.
3: I was like, why does that name sound familiar? And then I looked him up and I went, oh, because he's written a whole bunch of really good stuff. Why is he making this movie? <laughs>
2: Princess Bride. Yeah. Yep.
3: This movie is exactly like Princess Bride. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, if I could say one thing about this movie, it would be uh, Princess
2: Bride-esque. Yes. It's, it's missing that um, Andre the Giant je ne sais quoi. But <laughs> Holy shit, I would guys. say. What if
1: Wallace Shawn played the title role in this movie? <laughs> or I even mean, if, he, it, if he played it's... Cyrus, that'd be great. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's better casting. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to
2: see Wallace Shawn play like a tough guy.
3: <laughs> I just want to see Wallace Shawn in anything.
2: True. That's that's a fair fair statement. Yeah. Mm.
3: But yeah, it opens with the like black and red Star Wars font.
2: It was <laughs> Which, it was interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, that is that is also uh, it, it is kind of an '80s action font as well. Um, I you would have seen something like this maybe in a maybe not in a, a red. Uh, possibly in a, in a blue or uh, I, I I don't know even a yellow to really send home the Star Wars in a Chuck Norris movie back then or even a Stallone probably.
1: <laughs> it also starts off with a uh, woman who's been like half beaten to death. Well,
2: okay, and also a woman who just walks into some random bar. That's the kind of feeling that, the, the 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 breakneck with the the. I don't know mood in these movie in this movie that you're gonna get because in one scene you have this poor woman who is uh, obviously just getting uh, getting finished with the Ted Kennedy Saturday Night Special, and another woman who is walking into some seedy bar, and Burt Reynolds is there playing pool. Did anyone else think? And I well, well Nathan, I know
1: you had watched this before, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but but I thought. When it showed the woman that was like... Half beaten to death, and then it cut to a woman in the bar. I thought that was her. I thought it was her yeah. too.
3: I was like, is that, uh, her? is this a
1: flashback? I thought it was I, like, this is how we got here.
2: So then,
3: as, as it, the scene progressed and it became more and more clear that Burt Reynolds was awful, I was like, did he, oh my God, is he the one that beat her? I yeah. Thought he was
2: the good guy. I, was I actually like, have in my our notes, because of the exchange uh, that Burt Reynolds has in this opening scene with him, I have our hero?
3: right i have that too it says so rapey and gross he's probably the hero
1: yeah he's all like yeah this is 1986 he's definitely the good
2: guy or don't breathe too right Ugh. why (laughs) because people miss the point all the time turkey baster in the first
1: one he's not the
2: hero in the second one you guys (laughs) uh but uh yes in this this pool hall uh because well the we just keep cutting back to the girl slowly crawling towards the emergency room, so we get what's going on in that scene. This is the, the, the real goal, this scene here in the pool hall, because this lady shows up and she's waiting for her um her boyfriend, Osgood, and mm. Burt Reynolds is just pouring on the Duke University charm.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's all like uh Hey, yeah, he's all like, "Want to dance? Hey, <laughs> I deserve an answer." <laughs>
2: that exactly. kind of thing. And, and then, she's well, like, "Yeah, maybe later. Good, that'll be our code word later."
3: Uh, and then he puts on like Barry Manilow on the
1: jukebox. She just, asked.
2: Like- she asked for it's like the only gentlemanly thing he does. She asked for Barry Manilow, and he put on Barry Manilow. By the way, listeners, you you didn't see it, but
1: Brittany just visibly shuddered when when the. <laughs> <laughs> when we talked about Bert saying that'll be our code word
3: <laughs> it was so gross this mo like as the scene is progressing he's getting more he I have he is creepy and aggro as fuck and it's just it's just so disturbing and I'm like Bert Reynolds is supposed to be the hero of this movie I do not know how in any time period this is okay well uh, <laughs> I-, I have a note 5 minutes in and I'm already upset.
2: You know what? Even even after everything is kind of explained cuz it gets explained shortly after this scene what's really going on, it's still only sort of okay. Mm. He still takes it further than he probably
1: needed to. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um so Osgood uh comes in and uh he is he wants he wants to marry this nice blonde lady and she says she's been married 3 times. And she's no good at it, but she gives real good divorce. And he's like, "No, baby, I want to make it." And I actually noted, Osgood, you should probably take the warning, because it's a real situation—a uh, human centipede 2 situation, if I if I may, where I told my wife, "You don't don't want to watch this movie with me. You shouldn't watch this movie with me." And she didn't listen, just like Osgood. What I'm saying is that Osgood's going to end up in a human centipede. Uh. Wow. Okay. It took a turn. Uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> bit of a, but we don't we don't see him ever again. So I mean, who are we yeah. to say what happened in his life? Well, I
1: think that um, I, it, it's it. Well, Nathan and it should be pointed out, Osgood is a real
2: poindexter, real nerd. Yes, right? yeah. Even so, he's got a he's got a toupee and everything. Really nice toupee, actually. Because
3: uh, they don't they call it a scalp doily?
2: Scalp. Yes, that's what she calls <laughs> S- <disgusting>. it. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely it. Definitely gives it a real like Ed Gein uh Jeffrey Dahmer quality when you say it like that. doily. It? It's so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> um yeah, so he is uh he's being informed that uh Burt Reynolds is being really just the worst uh towards his girlfriend and he he's going to slowly stand up to Burt Reynolds like he's going to st- like but uh, cooler heads prevailed they're gonna kind of beat a retreat out to the parking lot Burt Reynolds falls him out to the parking lot and 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 gosh darn it Osgood is just you know what he's he's fed up and a fist fight between um Burt Reynolds and I don't know Michael Moriarty from wish uh get into a tussle in, in the parking lot and the Poindexter kicks his ass yes which let's kind of, when I was first watching this, I was like, "Oh, I think I know what's going on here."
1: Oh, see, I right away was like, "I'm, I'm befuddled. <laughs> like, yeah, don't, I don't well, know what's, what's up a, and what's down." Once a guy no looked, what
3: was going on? I, 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 <laughs> I wrote down, "Dude, you do not want to fight Burt Reynolds," and then I went, "Huh." That was a lame fight.
2: <laughs> well, as soon as I saw that a guy named Osgood that looked like that was beating up a Burt Reynolds character in a Burt Reynolds movie, I was like, no, I think there's there's probably something else going on here. And it turns out I was right, uh, because we come to find out that uh, Osgood paid uh, Burt Reynolds character to let him uh, beat him up. Yeah. Yeah. To look yeah, good in that's... front of his woman, because once he won the fight, which is incredible as it sounds, that's when we get the uh, the aforementioned scalp doily comment, because he goes to pick up the toupee to put it back on, and she says, "If you t- you put one finger near that scalp doily, we're through." It's not. It's not quite as bad as when Burt Reynolds drops the other f word. <laughs> He d- he does, he does, yeah. but I mean, it's not the it's it's not the only terrible thing happening in this movie. So, no. I think we should just chalk it up for the, you know, the time that it was made in. Didn't shock me, I'll say Mm-mm. that. Absolutely not, especially considering the the ends he was trying to achieve. Yeah.
1: Also, okay. So after the scene, Bert is just like hanging out in the bar, and someone's someone makes a bunch of like Mexican jokes in a row. Yeah, and I said, and I and, and they said, "I hope you don't take offense to anything racial." And I was like, I hope "No, you
3: don't, I got one for you. <laughs> I hope you don't think it's racial."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Don't worry,
2: he's not Mexican." <laughs> Yet he is. We well, already believed. You.
3: They have all these weird devices to be like, oh, by the way, Burt Reynolds is Mexican, in case you didn't know. And it's like, <laughs> uh, no, he's not, though.
2: They go so far as to give him the nickname Mex.
3: Yep. Yeah. That's a thing that happens in this movie.
1: He is a Mexican. Not the,
2: not the weirdest nickname in this movie, I'm going to tell you. Yep. So. Um, but anyhow... Uh yeah he goes he, at the some Vegas bar and uh, the the Shecky comic I guess that works at the the bar, uh the, or the casino rather that the bar is in is testing out his new material on him, uh about the Great Walls Great Wall of China and what was the other one? <laughs> I have no idea.
3: <laughs> I don't know. They were
2: bad. It, oh the uh, yes the 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 Mexican telephone company joke. So, look. I'm just gonna say, if you guys want to get these things, I'm not. I'm not telling a racist joke on our podcast. If you want to hear these racist jokes, uh, check out Heat with Burt Reynolds. Yeah, or Four Chan. <laughs> well, I feel they are considerably worse. Oh, okay. Just watch Heat. You'll be, you'll be better for it. Um, and okay. So this is again when uh, Osgood comes in. He pays him off for the for the job tries to tip him uh being nice because you know he makes a bunch of money and he's moving to atlantic city to marry his girl and uh burt reynolds is like no it's just the money uh we agreed on uh, i don't want that don't try to tip me he says
1: which is weird when we learn like what burt reynolds is trying to accomplish later right
2: you would think he would have just said and uh fine returns to you have a nice wedding sir yeah yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand
1: his character
2: at all. Well, we get a bit of explanations to it to later, uh, much later in the movie, and like we'll pin it down then. That's but... in the second movie. <laughs> what's what's that? <laughs> That's in the second part. Oh of yes, this the, movie. Second, the second. Oh, movie. the second movie that happens behind yeah. the the main there, plot. Yeah.
3: I think there are at least four different movies in this movie.
2: There's this is it's definitely got an ABC backdoor pilot quality to it that somehow managed to get released in the theaters. Yeah. yeah. It
1: mm. it like you said, like you had told me before we even watched this. It's like um it's like a pilot of a TV show. It's yeah. also like it's almost like that Master Ninja thing on Mystery Science Theater where like it's two episodes in one. Oh,
2: jammed into one, yeah. 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 <laughs> that is fair. Uh if it, if it weren't for all the the swearing and racist slurs yeah, um, he does have a a mailman
1: slash assistant, I guess, played by Howard Hessman. No, he's a he's an attorney.
2: Is he? They they I just they share an office because he makes uh, when when Mex asks him how things are going, he starts telling him about the Springsteen case that he's working on. He's got a guy who's gonna swear in court that he wrote "Born in the USA" six months before Springsteen released it. Uh, thus, proving that, uh, and he figures that Springsteen's, Springsteen's people will settle out of court. But he's kind of bummed about that because he likes Springsteen. He really wishes the Osmonds were mi- still making music because it'd be really fun to sue them. Real dialogue in Real this Real dialogue. Movie. Oh, I, yeah, this you know movie, what? I would have expected the same thing from Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati, and it's the same <laughs> guy, so.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, the dialogue in this movie is top notch.
2: Scintillating, <laughs> I think the word is. I'm uh, scintillating.
0: How's your lawsuit coming? Pretty good, actually. Uh, my cousin Mel, he's agreed to say that he wrote Born in the USA eight years ago. I figure Springsteen's people want to settle out of court and avoid the hassle. But I do have one problem. I like Springsteen. I wish the Osmonds were still making hits. It'd be fun suing them.
1: It's got a real Aaron Sorkin quality to it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If only this movie had more walk and talk. <laughs> right. Uh, Howard Hessman does get like a like a, a a piece of mail that says like how do you garrote a dog?
2: Yep. Oh, that's a be, thing. these are people these are people mailing uh to the Nick wanting to hire him, and yeah. he's like I read your ad in Soldier of Fortune. <laughs> uh, he yeah. wanted to so hire him to kill his neighbor's dog
3: because <laughs> he's so he's a chaperone, right? But I don't think they ever really explain what that means. Like, he's kind of he's like a bodyguard. He's kind of like a...
1: But he kind of also, like, gets his ass kicked for money,
2: too. Yeah. Because he did that once. Well, yeah. see, what I think... I, I think that the chaperone, it just falls under the many different uh, business cards that he carries. Because I think on any given day, as long as you have the right amount of money, Nick, Mex, Escalante uh, would be able to help you out with, uh, you know, whatever deed you need being done. Also if you need to be w- watched at a casino. He's there for you. If you need to kick somebody's ass to impress your girl, he's there for you.
3: The like I think my favorite like moment in the whole movie was when he was reading off reading off his resume and giving all these like ridiculous things that he had done. <laughs> and then he's like, anything else? And he's like, yeah, I lie a lot. That was, okay.
1: That I is good. That. That's when a he good reads one. that
2: to uh, Peter McNichol. Yeah, who's also in this movie. <laughs> yes, and. He's the one who wants to hire him as the as the chaperone, and they ask him, "Oh, you know, what kind of what kind of you know big losses are you running or something like that?" Because he he wants someone to chaperone around Vegas because he's a he's a heavy heavy gambler, and they ask him, "Well, you know, what kind of action he's running?" He's like seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also,
1: Burt Reynolds, or I guess Mex, stop blowing kisses at children.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the little there. Apparently, there's like a ballet studio Dance above studio. above yeah. the uh, above the lawyer's office slash wherever Burt Reynolds hangs out, and all the ballerinas are like looking in the window, waving at Burt Reynolds. Like it's, he, that was so weird. He's just blowing kisses at him.
2: <laughs> hey, was look, like, it, it, it's it's it was perfectly acceptable at that time because he his mustache actually exceeded the thickness. Of what it was, what was needed to be considered creepy. Like if it's real thin, like if you're looking like at a John Waters, Steve Buscemi type situation, that guy's getting arrested. But if you're looking at like Burt Reynolds, Tom Selleck, you stand a beach umbrella up in it, kind of thickness. It was okay. They were manly men. You knew they weren't going to get up to any shenanigans. Oh, okay. Eighties mustaches, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Also, I just wanted to mention, just going on the awesome names in this movie. His lawyer friend's name is Pinkus Zion, which yep. is so good.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't see uh, a Jewish joke there. Do you? No. <laughs> Better call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Then, so that this is—is is this where he meets up with that girl that was like got the fuck beat out of her earlier?
2: Yes, because she calls and her performance um, is crazy
3: her <laughs> accent is weird i'm was it, trying to figure out i'm like is, where is she supposed to be from yeah what is she supposed to sound i'm like i don't know her it, her voice is weird it was
1: like southern and then not
2: and then really southern and then <laughs> was she attacked by a werewolf <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy uh but yes uh burt goes over to, to see her and uh he, she he finds out that she's she was beaten up she was the one that we saw at the first of the movie who was limping towards the emergency room and uh, she says she wants to hire him to find the guy that did it and so she can sue him
1: so she can sue him sue him mm-hmm. and and Brittany I know you, you maybe want to talk about this the thing that happened to her was it was it pretty horrible
3: um yeah,
1: so uh, my
3: note for this point, uh, first of all, rape as a plot point sucks, and uh, her story is so horrifying that it's actually hard to make fun of this movie for a little while because it's so dark and just gross and upsetting, and it's like, huh, well, I was making fun of this movie, and now I'm just depressed.
1: And then, and, and Burt Reynolds' response to the whole thing is like, stop lying. That's what he literally says, stop lying. <laughs> like, Whoa. Bert's just gaslighting this girl.
2: (laughs) He takes takes the gig, though.
1: Well, eventually. eventually.
2: (laughs) And, like,
3: their relationship is really weird, too, because it's, mm -hmm. like, he talks about how he grew up, like, watched her grow up, and then they have this, like, kind of... She's a
2: sex worker, by the way.
3: Yeah, and they have this, like, weird sexual chemistry, but then he's talking about, like, when she was a little girl, and I'm just like, this is just... I don't like this.
2: At one point, he actually... And when... After we find out how kind of ruthless she can be and she kind of makes this weird comment to him and he's like christ i remember when you had braces and i was like oh my god bird <laughs> yeah not cool not cool br
3: also i just why is this movie set at christmas
2: Cause it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Just like Die Hard's a Christmas movie, Heat is a Christmas movie. Like, why is this a
3: Christmas this movie? This is my Christmas
2: pick for December. Welcome, welcome to one of our Christmas episodes, Brittany. <laughs>
3: That's amazing. I'm
2: like, it's why a Christmas is this... surprise for you.
3: Why? I well, I made that note early on when they were at the bar. I was like, okay, there's like Christmas trees. I'm like, why is this movie a Christmas movie? Well. How is this movie a Christmas movie?
1: It's all about love and understanding.
3: I have a theory that I will mention later oh, about okay. why it's a Christmas movie. Uh, look, I came up with look a to that. I rationalized it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes to deal with trauma, we have to think about, we have to rationalize things. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that story she tells is absolutely horrifying and Burt Reynolds barely reacts. And then... Uh, oh,
3: also, the guy refers to his junk as the envy of all mankind.
1: Yeah, which she says so yeah. gross. It's a red flag.
2: <laughs> and she says, uh, you know, any guy who's got a name for his junk is, you know, he's not playing with the full deck. Which I noted, you know, I think it really depends on the name. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, think about it. I mean, what he's doing, yes, obviously he's got some... You know, uh, inadequ- inadequacy/slash narcissism yeah. issues going on, but I think some dudes just named his schlong Timothy. I mean, that's that's more intriguing. And yeah, he might not be playing with the a, a full deck, but he's not dangerous like the other guy who thinks his Johnson is the envy of all mankind. And she's the lucky lady. She's the only one in the world who's gonna get the to touch at the night. Uh, also, actual dialogue. Maybe if it was, like, Dopey the
1: Limp Noodle, that'd be okay.
3: I don't know. I don't think there's – I wouldn't want to know if, if if a guy I was with was like, hey, I have a name for it. I'd be like, I don't want to know what it is. Just don't tell me. I
1: named it after you,
2: babe. <laughs> so you named your dick a girl? That's kind of – all right. Good on you, I 2021, guess. 2021, baby. <laughs> yeah, YOLO. All right, sorry. Uh, live your best life. That's exactly. it. Exactly. Live what, your best yeah. life.
1: Libble.
2: Libble. Libile. What?
1: Live your best life. It's Libble. Oh, oh, you're, okay.
2: You're doing the okay. took me a while to figure it out. The acronym, right.
1: <laughs> That's
3: okay. I got to watch you process it, and it was delightful.
2: <laughs> my brain was not as fast as my mouth. We find out that the uh, the as uh, the, uh, the casino that the guy staying at the the showgirls are apparently mustachioed. And, oh yeah, uh, that was a weird I comment. That was a weird comment. I had to make note of it. Uh, she again, she describes uh, as you said, she describes in horrific detail uh, what happened to her. I'll, we'll spare you the details, uh, but I did make a note. So she spent a night with Steven Seagal. Uh probably. Yeah. Um we find out that the assailant's name is Danny DeMarco, um who is the mafia equivalent of that, you know, frat dude who constantly says, "Do you know who my dad is?" Oh, he's the worst. And he's like
1: even when he holds a gun to a person's head, I'm like, "I could take you." <laughs> <laughs>
3: he he looks like he's like 17.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, like, that's a valid point. Him. Yeah. I think I think like I think a child would stand a good chance. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: But you know what I could, uh, what I could barely take uh, was the amount of sexy eighties sax throughout this movie. Oh, so much sexy <laughs> music in this, mu- in this movie! <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was listening to the, the slowed down opening of Night Court on a loop. That's how much like sax was going on in this movie. Well, you know, in all honesty, it was the uh, it was the incidental soundtrack of the '80s. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely better than the incidental soundtrack of "Stopper." My mom will
1: shoot. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> what,
2: what <is> the... <laughs> it's that whole movie. It was like the it's like the Seinfeld opening on methamphetamines, <laughs> pretty much.
1: <laughs> it's good that Burt Reynolds had a sassy uh, sassy black lady to uh, give him all the information he needed. <laughs>
2: Well, he knows, he knows people. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so he finds out where, where this Danny DeMarco guy is staying and shows up there in his best pimp outfit.
3: It's the best outfit I've ever seen. The pants are so tight and it is so shiny. shiny yeah. And that chain and just everything about it. And then he's walking down this hallway that is like, purple with like padded doors and everything's paisley i think his suit was paisley and the walls were paisley and i was like this is the most amazing thing
2: the note i have is uh ornate 80s decor beautifully disgusting (laughs) yes that's the only way you can describe it because it was it was what i don't know man it was like i remember seeing a lot of this stuff on tv and it was always supposed to be in glamorous places like anytime you watch an action uh show on tv if the villain was a rich guy he had like a like, his place looked like this yeah rod iron stair the, the the whole bit paisley everything and and i don't know crushed velvet where apparently I don't know, cocaine's a hell of a drug, kids. I, I recommend staying clear of it. You're gonna be like, I recommend it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that just that whole hotel scene, everything about it. I was just like, I just want to look at this forever. It is just the art department is so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and fuck, like I didn't. I'll I'll say it right here, guys. Maybe I'm a fool. But I didn't. I didn't call. Uh, I didn't predict in this scene that Burt
2: Reynolds was gonna slice someone with a credit card. <laughs> this, this is some wild stuff. That's- he manages to get into Nick's room under the guise of being. Well, not under the guise. He is a friend of this local mob guy named Baby. Uh, they they let him in, and of course, uh, Danny DeMarco thinks he's he's bigger than that because his dad's apparently a big member of the the eighty uh, the East coast uh outfit and so he's kind of running around vegas being a little shit getting into stuff and he can talk to people however he wants and do whatever he wants he at first says he's going to like oh i'm gonna make this right you know uh because they describe again that he disrespected this lady friend of Burt's. and given what happens i think disrespected is a real light word here i mean uh, strong disrespect yeah, right. That 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 sums it up. <laughs> um, I, I, slightly aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So he says he has about twenty grand, and Bert, he's gonna take it, and he's gonna take it back to his uh his friend. And this when things turn sour, Nick pulls a gun, and well, Bert Reynolds uh, is apparently he has like a a suit like a a sharpened credit card. So he pops one guy in the knee, breaks his knee, slices another dude with a credit card. That medallion you mentioned earlier, Brittany, we find out it is not just fashionable, but it is also functional as he uses it like a shuriken.
3: (laughs) The fight scene? This this fight scene is absolutely mesmerizing. The the way that it's edited and there's these weird like slow motion shots and there's oh. so much blood for no reason. It was so great.
2: I loved it when it looked like Burt Reynolds was fighting the cameraman.
3: <laughs> and well, and like the 17-year-old Mr. DeMarco has these absolutely enormous bodyguards and they have really stupid names, but I didn't write down what they were. But yeah, I don't remember. They, they would really, really dumb, names. dumb. Yeah, and they, Burt Reynolds is just like, "I'm gonna take you all down." <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so fun.
1: And then Holly comes in all waltzing in and she's like i want it uh, we find out was <laughs> well, supposed to be a twist but not at all because i was confused why she kept saying she wanted to sue him because she's like no i want to get his nuts and i want to squeeze his nuts in my hand and i'm like oh yeah you want to fuck him up obviously why would you want to sue him <laughs>
2: what's going on yeah
3: that makes, that makes way more sense
2: yeah. yeah uh nick calls him out calls her out on it too and then he just you yeah, know okay we'll do it then that's what we're gonna do and she uh, almost
1: uh uh, WWF uh, 90s style choppy choppies is pee pee.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, yes. Well, and done a la Brutus the Barber Beefcake because she's got the gardening shears with her. right. <laughs> Always gives him a real haircut. Man, we really got the solid, solid with the reference of wrestling references this time. Good guys mm-hmm. man.
3: I love it. I know so much about wrestling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can't know as much as Galen because he's watched all the wrestling, all the wrestling. Yeah, all the wrestling. Um, and this is one of the first times where we hear Danny, uh, before he's getting about to get his, you know, uh, f- member cut off. He actually almost pretty much says, do you, he says, do you know who I am? Which in really, in reality, what he's saying is, do you know who my dad is?
1: Yeah. And, and Holly makes him say that he loves her.
2: Yes. Cause if, 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 if she believes him, he, he, he won't you know cut it off because that's what he did to her doing something horrendous and again watch the movie cuz we're not going to put those details onto no. our our podcast no that's too much
1: but um she does uh, i i did think that uh bert when cuz bert's all like all right come on holly let's go and i'm like fuck you dude let her chop it
2: <laughs> and but she, she doesn't she she did a, a, a a slight uh Nick and not the Escalante version. And <laughs> gives him a like Nick Escalante. <laughs> yeah. They don't uh, they go and they kind of settle up in the the parking lot and uh Oh,
3: they still take his money.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I would. <laughs> yeah. And uh so he d- he wants to just give her the whole sh- shebang so she can get out of town so they don't come after her and stuff like that. And uh she man, she's she, she it's at this point where she's like, you find out she's like, she's hardened by the life that she has chosen because she's basically like, she has no qualms about what she just did. And, uh, that's when Bert says, God, Oh God. I remember when you had braces, Mm. meaning that he, he has watched this happen and done nothing about it.
1: Creepy Bert comment number 479. Yeah. Uh, Uh, and he doesn't want to take, she wants to give him a cut and he's like, nah, but then when she leaves, this other guy comes over that apparently she gave money to before and was like, here's your cut. I was like, when did this conversation happen?
3: Also, I was thinking, why is she wearing her sunglasses at night? And then the guy came over and said- So she
2: can see the visions in her- and yeah,
3: but then the guy comes <laughs> over and says, "Your friend who wear the lady who wears the dark glasses at night." And I was like, "See, other people notice it too. It's weird." <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but like, when did she have that conversation with that guy to be like, "Give this money to Burt Reynolds"? Because they were together I, the whole time.
3: I thought she like pulled over and stopped for a it. second. She stopped for a second and did it yeah. on her way out. But yeah, uh, it was weird. I mean,
1: right, this movie,
3: s- the logic in this movie is no, flawless. No, so. you
2: you just solved it. Flawless film. <laughs> So, um, we, we did fail to mention earlier that, um, during the, the meeting with Peter McNichol, uh, earlier, uh, Cyrus, as he is known, or Duke, depending, Duke, depending on, you know, who's, where, who's talking in the movie at the time, uh, Nick has got this plan to move to Venice, Italy, and he figures he can, if he has a hundred thousand dollars, he'll be set for five years. So. Flash forward to this this scene after he gets his ten grand from the cut that he didn't want, uh, he goes on just an absolute blackjack spree, and and racks up, you know, almost a hundred like oh a oh, hundred thousand dollars he actually gets the amount that he needs, yep. And this is what comes in you that said earlier, Brendan, why he didn't take the two hundred dollar tip, because this is where we find out that he's kind of a degenerate gambler and he's never really ever going to get that hundred thousand dollars together. By the way, we watch him gamble for what
1: felt like 45 minutes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
3: There are three, there are at least four movies in this movie. Yeah. There was the part at the beginning with Oz good or whatever his name was. Yeah. That was one movie. Like I
1: thought the, I was like, okay, the premise is he gets beat up to make other people look, better for money
3: and then there's the sequence with holly yeah and i said and
1: okay he's on the run from the mob for the rest of the movie
3: and now he's gambling
1: it's like oh now there's, it's about a, a degenerate there's gambler a fourth <laughs>
3: movie at the end
1: and then we tie it all back to the fucking <laughs> the mobs yep. the mob guys yeah it it's was, like it yep. was, the it's tone
3: wild. in this movie is all over the place it makes it's it just, it's like really dark and heavy. And then all of a sudden, there's this ridiculous fight scene. And now we're gambling. And it's and like, what is what this about, movie? And it
2: turns into the Karate Kid.
3: Yes. And,
2: and that's the thing. This portion here, the degenerate gambler movie, there's even plot points set up that I feel that if I read the book, I would get a way fuller experience because there's clearly a pass between Nick and the blackjack dealer. Uh, who he encounters in this scene?
3: Oh yeah, this would be a way better book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and keep in mind too, um,
1: at this time he's also acting as bodyguard to Peter McNichol's character, like Cyrus. Hmm. Um. But he's also and gambling.
2: They, but he takes he kind of takes over the, the at the at the blackjack table and just starts winning uh, all this money. And he gets his hundred thousand. They go to sit and have a drink. Uh, and Nick explains his. His plan about, you know, 100 grand and and Venice and everything like that. Peter McNichol asks him quite validly, well, what do you do after five years? And he's like, well, I'll think about that then. And then, of course, he then starts rationalizing that, you know, I'd be only good for a couple of years. And then every day after that, it's just a slow march to coming back here. I really need this amount of money. So then he goes to gamble to win more of it and of course he ultimately ends up losing which he walks away and says to the 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 devastated blackjack dealer lady hey came in with 10,000 i lost 10,000 no big deal oh. Oh. You should have stood nicky you
0: would have won you came in with 10,000
1: i lost 10,000 Nbd. yeah no no worries (laughs) no muss. no fuss
3: and she's trying to talk him out of it the whole time like no 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 you're good like you don't need to do this this is gonna wreck our friendship and he's like "Ah, that's fine
1: she does like a single tear moment (laughs) (laughs) which again literally she literally does yeah you don't get again like you said you don't get any of this relationship like you literally just come into this being like he knows this dealer they clearly have something do they? I don't know. It feels like it feels like this is like episode six of the show. We, we should have got something before this that was like, this is his ex-girlfriend, or this was like his buddy. I don't know. There
3: was a, another movie that I've watched that I, I mentioned to you that's similar to that, where it's like, this feels like we're like season four, episode 12 of a TV show. It's like, there's so much backstory <laughs> yeah. that we just don't have. And yeah. then they gamble for 45 minutes it's it's so
1: just, long it's it's so, so long. I thought this was gonna be the rest of the movie at some point I was like all right what is going on wasn't there a bob
3: also they go to a strip club at some point I don't remember exactly when yes. but the extras in the strip club are having so much fun everyone in the background is like this is the best day of my life <laughs> and I want to I want to have that moment on a film one day where I just love my life so much
2: they they go there right after he loses all the money because Peter McNichol uh follows him wanting to I just console his chaperone uh when they go into the the strip joint it's it's a seedy place too and and a, and fairly rough uh he, the bouncer's just standing there by the door and McNichol's looking at him he looks at him kind of sideways and and McNichol's like what I got ID. <laughs> I I like and it, the, I'm, it's funny
1: too because I'm watching the movie and I'm like I get the joke they're going for but he looks like a 30 year old man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> Peter McNichol does not look like a teenager in this movie. Um. Also, <laughs> also, guys, I just got to say it right now. I think this was the true love story of this
2: movie. Well, given the, given the whole exchange they have, watching the the glitz. Of the, of, the, of the Vegas Strip in the 80s.
3: Oh, it's Fremont Street. F- Fremont Street is the coolest. I've been there. I went ziplining there. It's awesome.
2: It, it's not as intricate in this movie because no, it was it's, the 80s. It's much
3: cooler now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was, But it was very like, I was like,
1: oh, wait. I don't care about Holly anymore. This is the love story. Yeah, I've been it's, a,
3: it's a it's like a bromance. It's almost like a buddy cop, except nobody's a cop.
1: Now, if it had not been Burt Reynolds, I would have been like, no, like I was so convinced, like yeah, like if it hadn't been Burt Reynolds, I, because he would probably never do this, I would be like, I think they're gonna fuck.
3: <laughs> that would have been a way better movie
2: because <laughs> there's there's all kinds of like real emotion talk. This is when. Uh, Br- Nick comes to grips with the idea that no money would have been enough if he had won that money he would have said I needed a half a million yeah. and he would have just kept gambling until he lost it. and he has this real talk about you know being a gambling addict and stuff like that like something st- like out of a movie that's not this <laughs> right yeah. and Cyrus is
1: all like I saw this old man one time and he had a sign on his back that said don't hit me and I don't want to be like that a sad old man can you teach me how to fight dude Wait a
2: second. What movie are we in now? Yes. He even says he he goes he he's been hunting before. I'm like, what?
1: (laughs) I remember down this is like Billy Bob Thornton teaching that kid how to fight in Bad Santa. (laughs) Reminded me of.
3: I wrote down self-defense lessons, what even is this movie? Longest, slowest training montage ever.
1: It's so
2: long. Oh my god! Oh, it's so and good. okay, during this, during the well, not so much the I guess it's not montage, but the the no, the it's trains, scenes. It's like yeah. eight long scenes. <laughs> but Nick Nickel is just he is he's going full Richard Lewis, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's being as neurotic and, and and untough as he possibly can be, and ear so much so, and so much so that I noted how did Richard Lewis not land this role. Well, because I think they were like, we want the Sophie's Choice guy. <laughs> okay, you know what? That That's fine. That's fine. I get that. I get that. I understand. I understand.
0: Ah! My God, my nose. I'm bleeding. My nose is bleeding. God, was, you hit me when I was unprepared. All right, prepare yourself. <laughs> what do you mean, prepare myself? Well, put your dukes up. Let me see what you got. Well, I don't know what I've got. That's it? Well, for now, yes i hit my eye! I've hit my own eye! You're not hurt. What do you mean? I'm not hurt! You're not hurt. All your life you're worried about what was gonna happen, whether you're gonna be humiliated or hurt. it just happen. Now, are you really hurt? I don't know. Well, think about it. All right, I will. I guess it's not that bad, huh? Ah. No. You know, there's no pain here. There's no pain! I have no pain! There's no pain here! I have no, there's pain here, but I have no pain. Yeah, all right. And you hit me pretty hard, right? No, you hit yourself. Yeah, I hit pretty good, huh? All right, uh, come on Ace, you may have created a monster here. All right, didn't know this was coming, did you? What are you doing now? I'm attempting to bob and weave.
2: Oh, okay, so, yeah exactly we have that yeah i'm just trying to collect my thoughts because we're kind of moving back to another movie uh when we go into this next section because uh this is where we meet baby oh yeah uh, this is where baby shows
3: up i have written down who the fuck is this guy
2: (laughs) it's stefano from days of our lives
1: wow okay
2: yeah another uh, friendship
1: that we just kind of drop in on and they're like hey they're good friends and we're like okay but
3: also they don't say that it's baby right away they're just this guy just shows up and they start talking and you're like i think this is is this baby i think this is baby i don't know what's going on i'm confused <laughs> yeah, they don't
2: they don't use his name right up front no. uh but you do find out that he is this indeed baby that uh, burt reynolds said he was friends with to you know sneak his way into uh danny's apartment and uh the reason why we're having this meeting is because Danny being the real brave chap that he is went and, and tattled to his uh i uncle
1: yeah for, his for uncle the, baby
2: yeah. yeah uncle baby which sounds like a uh like a Alec Baldwin spinoff from boss baby but
1: otherwise <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like uh uncle cracker's first
2: uh first draft <laughs> of the name <laughs> Or you know some weird new sitcom coming to Fox. Oh. It's Uncle
1: Baby. He's an uncle, but there's only one problem. He's also a baby. Wow, oh, I feel good.
2: Hey, whoa, whoa. I said it was coming to Fox, not starring Shelley Long. Oh,
1: sorry. I just assumed she was on that.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, Stefano from Days of Our Lives. Sure. Uh, well, he is. Uh oh, my, I my wife you. was she was big big fan uh back in the 90s and uh there were several afternoon uh while i was studying for courses at university where i was subjected to the days of our lives so yes this this chap was that and we he um he he wants to get both sides of the story yeah. and um he gets you know danny's story about how uh not only did he rough up the bodyguards and danny but he also apparently shot and killed the bodyguards which would let's be Danny Sean killed as a bodyguard so he didn't have to live with the disgrace of, you know, getting well his penis almost chopped off. But
1: well, we didn't see that, right? We didn't see Danny no, kill his no, own bodyguards. No, we, we did not. Okay, because no. when they said that, I was like They didn't die.
3: <laughs> also, I lo- like they give they give we learned something about Burt Reynolds finally, <laughs> yeah. that he doesn't use guns. <laughs> right, right.
1: Like We're his like, specialty is edged weapons, but like Thanks.
3: We're like an hour and a half into the movie. We're like, oh yeah, by the way, he doesn't use guns. And I'm like, oh, I guess. And then you start thinking back, but I'm like, that might've been something for him to say like at the beginning, like, oh no, I don't use guns.
2: Yeah. <laughs> to which Baby also notes, I I would regard him as the most lethal man on the planet. And I'm like, he is not Ken, Ken Shamrock.
1: That's <laughs> <He's> right.
2: <laughs> and so Burt Reynolds in a
1: UFC fight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, come at me. Stop coming at me like that. <laughs>
2: back up a little bit. Like, him versus like Conor McGregor. from
1: the 80s though, right? True. he'd be yeah. scrappy. He'd be scrappy. <laughs> so in this scene though, by the way, where they're like going back and forth giving their side of the story, Burt Reynolds says his proof that he didn't kill the bodyguards. I don't know how this logic connects. He says, Danny has a cut on his pecker. <laughs> he says, let him pull down his pants and show the cut. And I was like... How does that prove that you didn't kill the bodyguards?
3: <laughs> I think he's trying to prove that his story is true. Okay. Because I think it's like either Because everything- Danny
2: didn't- Yeah, didn't include that part because he said that he just showed up and started trashing the place and took the money. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think it's a matter of like- well, every, either everything I'm saying is true or everything he's saying is true. I and just, so, I just thought
1: that was funny. It was like, also he's got a cut on his dick, so obviously I'm right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Again, the script is flawless. The logic is, is impeccable. There's
1: no problems whatsoever. <laughs> really want to read this book.
2: I'm sure the book is much. The, the book has to be better because you have the opportunity to add, like you know brief flashbacks that would really add to, like, a character development. Like, what's up with that blackjack lady? <laughs> that, by the way, and then Danny, Danny, as he's leaving, whips out a gun, and it, he
1: looks about as intimidating as, like, a kid who just watched, like, The Lone Ranger and is imitating it.
2: <laughs> and I, I love how he, uh, Baby tells him uh, to put it away and don't make me tell you twice. <laughs> uh, and, and just the way... That uh baby talks to Danny in this whole scene. It just made me feel like I was talking to my kids. <laughs> don't bother your mother with this. Don't make me tell you twice. And then uh
1: and then Yeah, and then so Baby is like, I don't know who I believe. Ah, get out of
2: here. And <laughs> he even happens. says, I'm sure a man that looks a lot like Nick did this and i'm going to search to the ends of the earth to find out where this man is and that never comes back well no because he's he even even well, no, nick we, knows he's blowing him off because yeah.
3: we're moving on to the next movie we can't reference right. the old movies again right
1: we gotta go back to karate kid yeah where peter McPickle <laughs> yeah. is like i'm gonna give you twenty thousand dollars for us to go to venice together again a romance um and he's like let's do this but then they get in- interrupted don't they nathan
2: yes they do uh again um because uh, danny is not letting this this go and he shows up with new bodyguards one who i thought was philip michael thomas from miami vice for a second (laughs) um of course you know they're gonna they're they're, they have plans to 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 kill nick and uh peter McNichol's character is like oh i just hear i'm Just, I I didn't see anything, and he's kind of walking away, and because of all that sly fighting uh, that Bert taught him earlier in the movie, he's able to punch out, disarm one of the other guys, and then for some reason jump in front of machine gun spray. Why did he run away? Right.
3: Because he's gotta save Mex because they love each other. I also, think
2: Mex would have been able to figure out I should duck and jump out of the way because they're going to there's gonna be shooting. Also, how was he not dead in the scene?
3: Yeah, I have no idea. There's when so I first wood. watched
2: this movie, I thought he was. And I even I even said seriously? You're Justice for for Duke. That's <laughs> that's the hashtag justice for Duke. Yeah. He should not be killed in this movie. And then he wasn't. Then he wasn't right. Well, then he even exactly. says like
1: because earlier they call back to a thing earlier where he's like, you know, pain isn't real. You feel pain, and then it goes away, so it's not real. And then he's like sitting there, like filled with holes, and he's like, "I don't. There's no pain. There's no pain." And I'm like, "Okay, so he died? Nope."
3: Yeah, there's there's no pain because you're dying.
2: <laughs> yeah, so how does how does uh fucking movie Cyrus survive this? But Charlie from Silent Rage doesn't survive a bear hug, <sighs> because he's the guy from Animal House, right? <laughs> flounder. <sighs> Anyhow, yep. uh, so the the hunt is on now. Yeah, and it looks um, like a it,
1: lo- it looks like a real like West Side Story like gang chasing one guy.
2: <laughs> when you're a mechs, you're a mechs all the way.
3: <laughs> but it's great because I thought it was really. See, this is something that I would have liked earlier with the setup that Burt Reynolds doesn't use guns because then you're like, okay, well, we can't use guns, so let's use... Every other weird way of killing people that we can think of. Oh. And so then I'm like, oh, I know how this, why this is a Christmas movie because it's Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, oh my god. He's just setting traps and we're
3: running through the cinder block factory. Oh. And it's just, I'm like, this cinder is cinderblock factory. It's Home Alone. Every
1: They're...
2: single way Burt
1: Reynolds kills these guys is hilarious. <laughs> so-
2: he li- he 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 breaks a glass. Uh, he breaks a light bulb and lights a dude on fire. And that's where I noted, that's why this is called heat. Wait, no. He,
1: he, he douses a guy in gasoline, right. jump kicks a lamp, and the shards of the light land on the guy and burn him alive.
2: Yeah, I really didn't do a disservice with my description. <laughs> Brendan's also, is much better. There's an awesome
1: part, too, like where
3: he runs into the factory, where it's like this like reflection in a puddle, and I'm like, that's actually really cool. He also, <laughs> oh yeah, because he's like, on cool. the
2: ceiling up above them. He also impales someone into an electrical box. Yep. That was, oh, that was uh, not Philip Michael Thomas that got got that. Right. I like also
1: every time he kills someone and runs off, the other guys always just show up to the scene. They're like, oh, man, he got away again. (laughs) Like
2: the most. Narrow
1: curses. The most ridiculous death that he's caused, and they're like, oh, nuts. That Nick.
3: (laughs) So what is this movie rated
1: <laughs> R? I believe
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh, there's a lot of violence in this. All it gets, like out of nowhere. It's just like, it's, yeah. It like gets an RKO. intense. Like an RKO.
1: Yeah, it gets super fucking violent. I mean, and they say fuck like a bunch of times too. Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. Oh, and, uh, so he manages to pick off, uh, just about everybody, actually. And the only one left is uh, is Danny, who his, I guess, his strategy uh, is to just fire wildly and randomly. <laughs> That's okay. going to work.
1: Okay, and I've got a question here. So, Burt Reynolds picks everyone off except for Danny, right? Right. And you've got this long, <laughs> it's very long, scene of him just, like, taunting Danny. Danny's shooting at nothing because he thinks Bert's like in a corner here and a corner there and a corner there. Does Danny kill himself? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause I thought because, so
3: because Bert Reynolds is like, you're a loser. Ha ha ha. And he goes, well, okay, I guess I'll kill myself. I guess right?
1: I am. Bang, bang. I thought, but I thought like, when they when they heard the gunshot and he dropped dead i thought that the, the twist was going to be that i mean he is later but i thought peter and was going to come out having shot danny but the or, fact that out he out of out of left himself, field howard
2: Hessman's there with a gun
1: yeah with the fact that he just like taunted him into killing himself was a was a choice it
3: was a choice also <laughs> Burt Reynolds apparently has invisibility powers because we'll see like they would show him like on the floor behind the pool table, and then they would show the point of view of Danny looking at the pool table and Burt Reynolds was just not there. Right. And I'm like, is he invisible? Like, I'm like, I don't know the logistics of this scene. I don't know where he is. And how is his voice carrying through this enormous hotel room? Whatever. Like it's just I'm like, this scene makes no sense, and everybody is so greasy in this scene. It they was were the, uh, so the sweaty. gross
2: gross ornate 80s decor uh, served as actually acoustically perfect. You could bounce your voice off of anything. <laughs> <laughs> that must
3: be it. But they were so greasy. Like they would show Burt Reynolds lying on the floor and he's just like glistening. I'm like, Ugh, that's gross." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It
1: it's like cool. an oil slick. DeMarco. <laughs>
0: How's it feel to be alone? Just you and me now. Want to hear how you're going to die? Yeah! That was the win, not me.
1: But yeah, Peter McNichol's alive.
2: Well, yes. Yes, he is. Uh, which I was like, okay. Okay.
1: Wouldn't it have made more? He, he
2: took, like, five bullets to the abdomen. And wouldn't
1: it have been, like, a better emotional thing for him to have died?
3: No. Okay. You, so
1: if, if, that only... if
2: he did and left money to Burt Reynolds so he could go to Venice, yeah. maybe.
3: Or it that, on, that really only works if it's women. Women die to further right. men's plots. Yeah. Men can't That's die to further another man's story.
2: Well, I mean, this was a romance. <laughs> uh, please see Silent Rage. Because Charlie died to further Chuck Norris's plot. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like, also
1: Deadpool too.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he's alive, and they're, like, joking in the hospital and laughing and hard cut to Burt Reynolds in Venice. <laughs> and <laughs> then credits.
2: <laughs> That's the movie.
3: That, that was a movie, and I watched the whole thing. I
2: I really feel that the book would be considerably better. I agree. Probably. Well, I guess uh, since the credits are rolled uh, out of nowhere like an RKO, uh, we need to go around the the table here with our rating system. Uh, So we're going to start with uh, with Brittany as she is our, our guest. Now, Brittany, for this movie, would you rate this movie that it's worth a watch? That it is a drunk watch with friends? Would you attempt head trauma to forget about it, or would you avoid it like the plague?
3: Definitely a drunk watch with friends. Um, mm-hmm. I watched it while drinking with friends and it was great. Uh, that there math are, works out. There are parts that are a little heavy, um, but the parts of it that are so ridiculous made it highly entertaining. And I definitely recommend this movie. <laughs>
2: What about you, Brendan? Oh, best
1: movie ever made. No, it's uh, it's definitely. I'm I'm seconding that. It's definitely a drunk watch. It's just confounding. Like it's just so. <laughs> I I'm just glad you brought this movie to my attention because I was like baffled the whole time watching it. I, like every thirty minutes, it restarted as like a different movie, and I'm just like. What movie am I am I in now? What's going on? Where are we going with this? Why has he been gambling for like an hour? Like what, what is this movie? So yeah, get fucking drunk and get a bunch of people over and watch it and one of you might be able to figure
2: out the plot. Uh, the, the what now? The plot. There we go. Uh yeah, so I guess that's uh that's three solid drunk watch with friends all around because I feel that it's enjoyable, but it's not so much so that I might legitimately take it seriously at some point. Nathan, I want to add a couple things
1: before we move on. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to mention that William Goldman in his, uh, in his memoir, he did mention this movie briefly, but said the reason you will not learn about more about this baby in these pages is simple. To my knowledge, lawsuits are still flying. He said, okay. One of my major disasters He said, at some point, it went through six directors on what was a 36-day shoot. Um, The director also did not get along with Burt Reynolds. The director, Dick Richards, so I guess Dick uh, Richard Richards, (laughs) um, did not get along with Burt Reynolds so much so that Burt Reynolds just uh, one day just punched him in the face. (laughs) <laughs> he, oh was, God. he was replaced by another man named Jerry Jameson. So this movie actually has two directors. Now, Jerry, uh, Richards actually returned to the set. So there was two directors on set, but then he fell from a camera crane and wound up in the <laughs> hospital. I'm thinking that wasn't an accident. Just got to put that out there. Yeah. And this movie tanked hard. It cost $12 million and it didn't even make $3 million. That's There you go wow. I didn't even know this came out in theaters When you picked this I was like Did this even get a release? And it did Yes it did Yes yes it did But that's okay. all I have
2: Alright well that's Those are some interesting tidbits Thanks uh, Well uh, Well guys We're going to pay some bills here But uh, you know Stick around uh, We'll be right back What were they And we are back. 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 Back in the saddle again. Back. I I I go longer, but I feel that Stephen Tyler's verbiage is already extremely lengthy, so I'm not going to. Mm. Uh then we've come to the uh the poetic part of uh of the episode. Uh what were they thinking yeah. here on NPR? Uh Who's our sponsor this week, Brandon? <sighs> our sponsor is uh, Reynolds Mustache
1: Cream. If your mustache is feeling a little dry, get some cream in
2: there. Okay, okay. Uh, interesting, interesting tidbit. Uh, they were actually I hear they were actually the sponsor of Queen's first world tour. Oh, Reynolds Mustache Cream. You don't say. No, oh, no, oh, no. Oh. Interesting tidbit. Interesting. Uh, we. Right, exactly. Uh, we are uh, at the the low haiku, mm. and uh, Brendan, if you, I know I just had you uh, tell us who our sponsor was, but if you also explain exactly what the low haiku is to our listeners. Sure thing. Uh, the
1: low haiku is when we get real close to the microphones, and uh, we uh, we tell we read some poetry that kind of describes the movie we just spent uh a, a while breaking down um in 17
2: syllables mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh and as our as our guest uh Brittany, uh you you are tasked uh to to, to deliver the first high low haiku
3: okay so casually racist why is it set at christmas home alone for adults
2: Very good, but uh, uh, very good. I think though you're thinking of of Saw, alone <laughs> for adults. Yeah. Now, Brendan, uh, would you so be kind as of to bless us with your low haiku? Sure, 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 sure. <clears throat> <clears throat> what
1: even was this? Two episodes of a show, Reynolds Karate.
2: Very, very good. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Nathan, do you have a haiku for us? Uh... I do, I do, I do. Okay. I will I will uh, finish off this with mine. <clears throat> Bert's not Mexican. How many plots can be done? Ninja Star necklace. All, all things that happened within the movie. Mm. I thought I would bring the absurdity of the movie uh, into words that could possibly give someone a stroke. But uh, that's it, and we're going to get on out of the... Uh, <laughs> change, change the radio station. It's 88.9 The Rock. We are rocking it out. <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm terribly sorry. I didn't... Well, hey, it's me. The, well, well, hey, it's me, The Rock.
1: The Rock here. Southern Rock, of course, on the radio. <laughs> Buford Pusser? Uh, that's me. Well, you can call this Southern Rock, though. That's my new
2: name. Okay, well, wow. I'm walking tall, folks. You certainly are, uh, Mitchell. Um, well, since you're here, uh, can you be? Because we just spent the last little bit right. talking about a, a movie, yeah. but we don't want to to tell people what they, you know, what they should do with their lives. Uh-huh. And we have a thing that we we usually say here, yeah. uh, and and uh, uh, you know, uh, I really could you let us know, Buford Mitchell Pusser. What is that thing that we usually say here, and what were they thinking?
1: Well, on occasions like this, we usually say... Don't take a word for
2: us! That's right. Do not, or don't, uh, if you are into conjunctions, take our word for us. Don't do it! All right, right. thanks, Mitchell. Okay, gotta go! Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya. Smell what I'm cooking? I, w- yes. It's barbecue. And uh, it smells delicious. Mm. Get mm. Brendan back in here. Sorry about that. Nathan, uh, he he just
1: took off like a bat out of hell. <laughs>
3: it was super awkward. It was
1: really weird. He brushed by us, and he was not wearing appropriate clothing.
2: Well, you know, yeah. Mitchell. Yeah. What do you do? Um... Brandon, yeah what did the uh, what did the critics think of this this uh, thing uh,
1: well 17% of the six people who reviewed this liked it
2: okay but I mean it was 80s Burt Reynolds right like The you know just riding at the, the lower end of his his peak of sexy career uh they must there must have been some crazy bigger like ups for this movie from the general audience. Well, 27% of the 100 plus
1: people who cared enough to rate it uh, liked it. Okay. Alright. You, Nathan, you might also be interested to know that if you enjoyed this film, uh, uh-huh. you might also like the movie Down the Shore, starring James Gandolfini, the late, great James Gandolfini. Uh, and Jessica Jensen. <laughs> yeah. The documentary Kurt and Courtney don't know how that connects um the comfort of strangers which stars christopher walken and helen mirren um go tell the spartans and of course catherine of alexandria i've not seen one of those
2: all right coming soon (laughs) okay all right well, let's. Uh, we don't have a whole like as Brendan said. We don't have a whole lot of uh, reviews from critics. We've only got four, so we might as well just get right into that. So we can head on into the snake pit. Mm-hmm. You lead us off here, Brendan. All right, Nathan.
1: I'll I'll set you up uh, for the second one. <laughs> that's 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 how we do it, right? Um, my boy, Roger Ebert. Says, the movie is filled with promising starts, but then everything dissolves into a violent action climax.
2: Negative review. Mm. Well, uh, Chuck O'Leary of Fantastica Daily Uh, I guess uh, he wrote an episodic, upbeat film that's aged well. (laughs) This is a retro review. Burt Reynolds is empathetic as a tired, sad, and very lethal, tough guy with a heart of gold mm. who longs to leave Las Vegas. I question a lot of parts of that review. Did he watch this? same?
1: Was it, it, did he watch it the same movie? In 2005,
2: I guess. Yeah, he he
1: wrote it in 2005. 2005 was a very different time, Brittany. I guess mm. so.
3: I don't think he watched the same movie.
2: <laughs> and yes, uh, uh, the next yeah. critic's review to Brittany. Uh,
3: so this one's from 2019. So that's cool. Okay. Uh William Wolf from the Gannett News Service. Oh, boop, boop, boop,
1: boop, boop, boop. It's going there over the wire. Some,
3: there are some tough ingredients and possibilities for engrossing atmosphere, but Burt Reynolds never takes the central character beyond posturing, and despite the intensity of the movie's violence, the total effect is lethargic.
1: <laughs> Boom. Roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You want
2: to get that last one? uh, I guess
1: so. Let's see. What does it say here? I wasn't prepared. Um, Walter Goodman of the New York Times says, The setting is Las Vegas, where Mex wins and loses a lot of money in blackjack without getting too excited about it, and things work up tepidly to the big battle in a factory handily stocked with murderous devices. That's a (laughs) negative review. Oh, those are all the critics. Yep. There's two more, but there's no uh, blurbs. So no dr-
2: yeah. they're both negative. <laughs> so we are heading on and on into the audience reviews oh, here. Thank the Lord. All right. <laughs> well, should I start us off then? You go right ahead, man. Waylon G,
1: who I was hoping was Waylon J, says, uh, <laughs> Burt Reynolds... Oops pseudonym i mean (laughs) could be burt reynolds is nick escalante aka the world's most dangerous man and what does the world's most dangerous man do although he abbreviated it because he's cool uh he works as a detective for hire willing to cross the line if the cause is just this film is an 80s action gem it reminds me of what i thought grown-ups were when I was a kid in the 80s, observing the old-timers, <laughs> World War II generation, and being impressed by how tough they were. The nostalgia points were high. Seeing a Las Vegas that doesn't exist anymore, and a generation of people that are dying off. Because of this, I like it better in 2021 than 1988. Five stars. Okay.
2: Five of stars. stars. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> well, my first one comes from... Michael W. I can only assume it's Michael Wincott. Mm-hmm. And uh, he writes, Bird is a licensed chaperone who appears to keep a small office in the st- on the strip in Vegas. And still a topic of interest in those Soldiers of Fortune magazine. Some may consider this a decline for Reynolds, but I disagree. Contains some of his best work. A film you never tire of watching. Best scene has to be busting out at the blackjack table. Four out of
1: stars. (laughs) Best Burt Reynolds performance. Okay.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, I've got one from Sam M. Says, it's the 80s. There's action. There's Burt Reynolds. Think I like it. Three out of stars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I've got one from uh, Fred V here. Uh, and Fred V says, <clears throat> I was leaning towards De Niro's character to survive this tense and outstandingly played movie. I never had a moment to think of anyone else during this movie. And that doesn't happen with me very often. I'm always stressing things out. And this movie gave me some time to stress out something other than my life. Excellent acting excellent stars, excellent dialogue. It should have swept the Oscars. I will soon see righteous kill and we'll make my comments on that film. And we will see if these two superstars, De Niro and Pacino hold up after 13 years apart from each other on the screen. Four out of stars. That's
2: great. Amazing. Just as confused as our guest at the beginning. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my next one Comes from Luke B. Um, no, no celebrity stuff because there's there's not very many audience actually written reviews either no. apparently. Uh, he, however, Luke B. Uh, he's kind of likes it. Uh, he wrote unknown movie that my brother and I rented with my dad when we were kids. I thought it kicked ass back then and it still does today. Written by the great Bill Goldman. Two and a half out of stars. He's on, like, a bill level with William
1: Goldman. Okay. So I guess Burt Reynolds wrote that under a pseudonym.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's a guy that I think liked it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) By Blind P. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) When considering camp classic material, you have to throw out the rules and just accept what is truly the most awesome. Just based on one of the most classic death scenes in history involving a light bulb, the merit of this awesome movie stands above. That it was meant to be serious defines its camp value. If you don't love it, it's probably you that is lame. (laughs) Four out of stars.
1: You're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, my last one comes from IMDb, folks. Uh, this, uh, This review is from... (laughs) GOWBTW <laughs> It says and it goes as such Burt Reynolds has no to be an action hero as well as a wise cracking actor in Heat he never uses a gun Reynolds plays Nick Mex Escalante, a former soldier of fortune who is also a habitual gambler in Las Vegas. He meets different people, protecting them as well. When teaching one man to be tough, a call girl named Holly gets viciously beaten by a new high roller who is backed by a pair of giants. Holly demands revenge, but she needed Mex's help. He goes in disguise, does not, takes out the two giant thugs, and takes out DeMarco as well. While tied up, Holly comes in with a pair of shears and did the unthinkable. She doesn't. Baby hears the news on what happened, but he wanted Mex's side of the story since he finds DeMarco accounts kind of questionable. The loophole was Mex doesn't use guns. Earlier he <laughs> just described the plot. Earlier he met a man named Cyrus Kinnick, who knows about this who knows about his situation. He wants to go to Venice. After training it to be tough, he repays Mex with some money to go. Before they can go further, DeMarco and his goons ambushes them, only wounding Kinnick. He didn't look like much when Mex met him, but he appeared a lot tougher when he thought he was. (laughs) A gunless victory is possible when you're a super soldier. Just tell that to DeMarco and his crew. This movie has a lot of action, a little subtle to say the least, Uh, but what the hey two out of five stars which somehow equates to a seven out of ten
3: <laughs> i think okay. he got more out of the plot than we did
2: <laughs> i don't know how the violence was subtle well my my next one um kind of blew my mind okay. and because uh, i did not i i watched it had a great time said we should do it for the podcast then that's i did no real research uh in this so this 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 thing really, really got me. Alex S. on Rotten Tomatoes wrote, Good crime thriller with a surprisingly good performance by Burt Reynolds. To be remade with Jason Statham in the lead. Looking forward to see how that will turn out. Which led me to find out that the 2015 film Wildcard, starring Jason Statham, is essentially a remake of this movie. I found out about that from Brittany... An a- like a- just over an hour ago. <laughs> That's
1: crazy, right?
3: Jason Statham's character is named Nick Wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, is his partner like Jack Card? <laughs> at
2: least they didn't call. At least they didn't make him Nick Escalante oh. and call him Max. There boy, so- God, are you calling me Max for? Um, I'm a Mexican, not uh, bar cracker.
3: <laughs> but there's so many people in it. Uh, who 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 did I all all did I say was in it? Oh my god, I don't uh, even Uh uh Sophie Sophia Vergara Sophia Vergara's in
1: it. Yeah, she plays actually Nick Escalante. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> nikki Escalante. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Stanley Tucci. Stanley
3: Tucci and uh
2: Um uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Jason so, Jason
3: yeah. Alexander and Hesh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> all right, well coming Hope soon. davis I, I guess. In
3: 2015.
1: <laughs> All right. Brittany, you got one more one more review to send us home.
3: I do, and I think this is the best one. Okay. Uh, VJB says, that's right. The other heat. It's not as good. Two stones.
2: <laughs> there you go. That's great. Well, thank you for sending us on home for that. But now we're actually going to talk about stuff that we've been enjoying, and yeah, for the most part, legitimately enjoying. Uh, it's uh, one of my favorite parts of the of the episode, uh, where we get to talk about those those things that we've recently been checking out as we're keeping our you know social distance and trying to ride this whole thing out towards the end. So I I am going to start with our guest here, Brittany. I got to want to what are you watching, Bud? Um, well, I just
3: went to a film festival on the weekend. So I've been watching a lot of film festival films. Um, but probably my favorite movie that I've seen this year is, um, the, the Mitchells versus the machines. It was so much more than I thought it was going to be. And I, I mean, I should have expected it because it's Miller and Lord who are the best. And, uh, yeah, it was that movie just made me feel all kinds of good warm fuzzies and it was hilarious and just everything about it was just spot on. So that's a good movie to watch.
1: And it's on Netflix, so yeah. get on it, folks.
2: Okay, all right. Well, uh, as about, uh, about you there, Brendan. What you watching, bud?
1: Well, I'm going to say right now this might be a, a controversial take, but uh, I went and saw the new Eternals film. Okay. I wasn't going to mention it if, you know, the, the general consensus had been that I, the people kind of enjoyed it. But I was actually kind of co- conf- – I was confused and kind of surprised by the reaction to this movie because mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was really good. Um, it's a very expansive Marvel movie. Uh, it's two and a half hours, so it's long. Uh, but it's – I don't know. It's uh, It's got a lot going for it. And uh, I really, really liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah it's not unlike it's probably uh i would say it's very different from a lot of other marvel movies maybe that's what set people off i don't know but uh it's great so i'm not gonna say much more about it it's marvel i don't really have to sell it too much i don't think but go see eternals <laughs> if it's safe or watch it when it comes out on disney plus probably in like four months
2: yeah or even sooner because you know uh, was uh, shang chi just came
1: out or it's well, coming out
2: coming out as of this recording yeah this friday
1: as of this air date, it's probably already out. So yes, if you most see it definitely. there, check that out too because that's also great. Okay. Nathan, what about you? What you uh, what
2: you watch, bud? Well, you know, I've uh, I, I again, just uh, you know, keep I keep rolling with the uh, the spooky stuff. Uh, well, this one's not necessarily some spooky. I get it's definitely got a more of a, a MST quality to it for Heat, me. Starring Burt Reynolds. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I suppose because I didn't watch it before. Before I said we should do it for this podcast, but no, I've uh, I've actually been I've watched uh, recently uh, from the Thirteen Nights of Elvira, uh, which was like the later uh, the more more recent series that she did. She did it for Hulu uh, back in like I think 2017 or something. But uh, she watched Hobgoblins, so it was interesting to watch her take on it with her riffing on it uh, and to see how it differed from you know, the Mystery Science Theater uh, episode, which is also a fantastic episode. Uh, if you're, you should check both of them out uh, and compare notes. So I guess Hobgoblins and Elvira and Mystery Science. yeah, But with yeah, Elvira, Elvira talking Theater. about it. <laughs> <laughs> not on its own. Not, not, well, not you, you might. I mean, you could have some fun with that. It, it's definitely, uh, you know, maybe just a little below heat. starring Burt Reynolds.
1: A little, a little
2: bit below heat, yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's uh, so I guess that's uh, that's all that. Uh, I think I've got uh, the we got, what, we got my little little, our little chimp fellow who's gonna come out and. Uh... Yes, right, right. But we'll we'll get montros and we'll see what the chimp fellow has to say later. Okay, I'll just give you a second. <clears> okay. <throat> okay. Hello. It's your friend Montrose Minkington III here. And I certainly would like to invite all of you over to my YouTube channel, uh, Montrose Minkington TV, uh, where you can watch some videos with a a British talking chimpanzee. Um, And uh, you can also... Be friends with me on Facebook at the uh, Facebook group Montrose Monkington the 3rd Esquire and Friends. And tweet me on your little Twitter devices at uh, Montrose the 3rd. That's the number three R D. Thank you. More later. Thank
1: you, Montrose. You're welcome. And thank you, Brittany. Yes, thank you, Brittany. Thank
3: you. For- Thank you for having me. I, I was very excited to uh, to finally get to be on here. I say I listen to you guys all the time and I was very excited.
1: Thank you for helping us get through this confounding movie.
3: <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a an award-winning screenwriter, you know. So, I know things about scripts.
1: There you go. Do you want to give anything you want to plug?
3: Uh yeah, sure. You can check me out on YouTube. I've got I'm a short filmmaker. Most of my films are comedies and you can find me uh at Sparrowhawks Sparrow, like the bird, and then H-O-C-K, like hockey. There
1: you go. Sure, yeah. Cool. Sparrow Hawk on – is that on YouTube? Or?
3: It's on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. I have a website. Just Google Sparrow Hawk. You'll find me. It's there. a sparrow wearing a hockey helmet. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> oh, Nathan, we've got stuff too. We, uh, we're we on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Mm-hmm. You can find us at WWTT Podcast. You can search for us on Facebook. Just search by, for What Were They Thinking?, Uh, our home base, of course, though, is age of radio Big time, or you can find us on any podcast app. You're listening to us right now on a podcast app, but there's lots of other ones. If you prefer one to the one you're listening to right now, choose that one. I don't care. I don't get paid whether you listen to, uh, anyway, this is a whole thing. It's a real tubi Um, on
2: tubi situation again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I'm just letting
1: people know if they're like, Oh, this podcast app is not my favorite. You can choose a different one um we're also on uh t public check that out Redbubble, uh of course patreon.com slash wwtt podcast you can sign up uh make us watch something absolutely horrendous of course aside from a couple of things that nathan refuses to watch yes. which is totally fair um <laughs> i've unfortunately already seen them and have been stained but uh nathan is uh is is totally uh upright in not wanting to watch some of the stuff but that is enough of that. I um, again, thank you, Brittany. Um, but I have questions for you,
2: sir. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I was there in the '80s, so I would probably be the were there. the best official on this. I yeah. I was
1: uh, born when this movie came out. Well, a few months okay. after. But, um, so in a movie, mm-hmm. well, actually, I should say in four movies four 30 minute episode 22 minute episodes um of this uh confounding movie where stuff just restarts and we're in a different world and a different plot um in a movie in which burt reynolds does like yes freeze frame stop motion (laughs) uh zoom in karate Okay. yeah, yeah in in, yeah. in a movie in which the villain is um one of the least intimidating I think I've ever seen including kids movies in, in a in a movie in which there's a horrific assault and <sighs> the reaction is eh, yeah hang yeah good lion quit lying, yeah that yeah that's the reaction and in a movie in which um Peter McNichol is shot pr- approximately sixty-eight times and doesn't die. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I guess I just have to ask a question. What? What were they thinking?
2: Año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad.